Hey, what's going on? Greetings, have a good day, and welcome to episode number 173 of Birds All Day, where we talk about your Toronto Blue Jays, an ever-interesting and, uh, and competitive ball club, living for both the now and the future. It's a wonderful time uh, to be a Blue Jays fan. I don't know. Whatever. It's uh, It's hot. And it's the summer, and it was Canada Day, and they were playing the Tigers. That's always nice when they could play against the Tigers. Uh, my name is Drew Fairservice, and yes, this is Birds All Day, where, of course, we do talk about uh, your Toronto Blue Jays. And um, I guess we're going to do that. And joining me, as as always... Playing the Tigers. Playing the Tigers. Old Reliable, Mr. Andrew Stoughton. Stoughton, how are you? Uh, I was all right until I heard about us playing the Tigers, which, <laughs> you know, I don't know. That doesn't sound quite as compelling as I thought it was until, you know, I heard it come out of your mouth. Well, I I hold the Tigers in high esteem as a rival, as a as a as an aesthetic counterpoint to the Blue Jays. It's always fun to play the Tigers in my mind. Um, but when the Tigers are dog shit and you're like, ooh, that that Jacoby Jones with a capital C out there in left field, he's a real ball player. Uh, you know, the Tigers are super bad and they're rebuilding. At least they have uh, the guts to go with the rebuild, the guts to trade the good players, uh, except oh. the ones that are untradeable. Um, Wow. So yeah, that's uh, that. But that's like the, the bottom of the barrel, the, the positive thing. Like, hey, yeah, well, and also aesthetically speaking, obviously, I you know the Tigers uniforms are classic, iconic. Not when they're trying to fuck the flag, they're not though. When they're <laughs> when they're just like someone, like Uncle Sam ejaculated all over every single square inch of fabric. Oh, the only good thing was the socks, and they let Curtis and uh, Curtis Granderson and some of the other uh, Jays got to wear the those cool. Kind of stars and stripes socks, everything else is just such a fucking joke. Oh, makes me sick. I'm glad it's over for now. I'm sure there's another ex- way to extract money from the jingoistic fans sooner than later. But for now, back to the regular. Uh, what do they call them? Sundries? I don't know. The unders, the, I, the uniforms. <laughs> I am not going to be able to bail you out of that one. Now I have no fucking idea what you're talking about. The uniform and everything. It's oh, no. I, yeah, the yeah. finery. The, the finery, the hosiery. I don't know. You know, I would like to see them honor, uh, you know, teachers. Or, uh, or honestly, literally, any profession who helps our, <laughs> our society, to use a term from, like, a grade 10 essay, uh, function better. You know, they're, uh, nothing against the troops. You know, at least not publicly. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, are, are you here on the record not supporting the truth? But I would never do that. I mean, you know, those those are, <laughs> those are those are well-intentioned people doing things that the state wants them to do, which they think are uh, important to our freedoms. Which maybe that's maybe that's debatable. This is a great way to start this fucking podcast. Isn't I it? can't be the only one who thinks that if the troops wanted, they could put together a team and win the World Series. I mean, come on. I'm just, the, I, troops. I'm just saying, I mean, I would love to, I would love to see, there's, you know, there's a lot of important people who do important things for lots of people in the world and uh, nothing against the troops, but I would like to see some other people honored sometimes at the baseball game. But I know that they don't have a lobby that's paying a ton of, you know, marketing money into uh, MLB's coffers or coffers, if you would prefer to mispronounce it. Uh, and, and I, and that's, you know, that's sort of the thing, right? And, and, it's what it's the thing like the national anthems where it's like oh we can't we can't stop doing that it's a it's it's a tradition or it's a thing that has you know it, it has to happen like this it's like well you know they didn't really do the national anthems before games until 
World War II or something like that. There's no reason to actually have to keep doing that. There's there's no reason that we have to continue to uh, have these. But but nobody nobody has the balls to say enough is enough. And what I will say, and, and, I'll and, say enough is enough. I, I'm going to bail you out. <laughs> I, no no no. I'm not I'm not saying enough is enough either. But I'm saying that uh, neither do I. I don't have the balls to say enough is enough. <laughs> Uh, one thing on this note, by the way, this is, a, this is where we are with the Blue Jays right now. Yeah, we're gonna we, get, we're gonna, we've gotten into this. Do we need to restart um, this? <laughs> no, no, we're good. We're good. <laughs> okay, There's good. A, there is a great book that was written by a woman named Rose Brooks, who uh, used to, she worked as, as a civilian in the CIA for years and years and years. And she wrote a book called How Everything Became War and the Military Became Everything. And it's about how we joke about the troops, and, but how because they have such a big budget and there's so many capabilities within that enormous, you know, uh, uh, machinery uh, that that can encompasses so much of of the uh, of American know how and tech, technical abilities and just manpower and and again as I said money uh, so it's it's basically how like the troops became the solution to everything like throw the army at any problem so that they were doing things that are so far beyond what the original idea of a standing army would be in that they're you know building bridges in this country and also in their own country. And, and it's just, it's really interesting. It's, and it's, it's written, it's not written from like a troop bashing perspective. It's, it's not kind of where you and I are coming from right here. Uh, wow. Really interesting, really eye-opening uh, a, a read. So I recommend that if you are interested in maybe why that sort of mil- an aspect of that military creep has, uh, has encroached on every, every inch of, uh, of our lives in some ways. Yeah. And, so and, that's it. Uh, that, yes. And I mean, that reminds me of, you know, they made wonderful levees that I, I feel uh, in New Orleans held up very well under uh, under that one hurricane that time. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to the Army Corps of Engineers. Uh, but no, 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 no. I mean, no, honestly, though. I mean, fuck. People willing to give their lives for a thing that they really believe in. That's totally honorable. And I'm not I'm not being I'm not fucking backing down and chickening out but no that is honorable and i understand why people feel very passionately uh about that sort of stuff but also to me as a cynic and or, or as a person who you know i don't know i just i just think there's lots of important people and people who do important jobs that uh, uh it doesn't need to be so narrow and singular necessarily speaking of narrow and singular one thing we haven't <laughs> talked about enough on this show or as blue jays fans in general is jose bautista <laughs> thank uh, you the the career uh, uh the the single i believe position player with the most the, to accumulate the most wins above replacement uh second in almost every uh major offensive category behind carlos delgado of course everyone knows everything about jose bautista who had a lovely send off as a member of the blue jays at the end of last season in what was clearly you know the end of his time uh, in Toronto, was a free agent at the end of the season. Didn't really catch on with the club until the Braves and his old homie Alex Anthopoulos signed him. And uh, that did not go exactly as planned. The Braves were a surprise contender, such that they could not afford to give Jose Bautista the at-bats he needed to get healthy. They released him, and within a 36-hour window, I believe, he was then picked up by the Mets, who are uh, truly, truly the last... Uh, Bastion, the last foothold for the most the, the scoundrels among us, as the Mets are a complete and utter fucking joke. But Jose Bautista signs with the Mets, comes to the big leagues from his couch, on his couch, on a plane, on the field. Don't even know what number he's got on his back, out there slapping fives with his former teammates and friends 
into the game he goes. And suddenly, Jose Bautista forgot or remembered how not to swing at pitches in the, out of the strike zone. As now all he's done is walk. And he walked on uh, Tuesday night, walked three times in his return to the Rogers Center, where he was feted as a king. And it was uh, delightful, frankly. And it is, uh, at this point, probably one of, up there as one of the highlights of the year. At this, you know, so far. Which is uh, incredibly depressing. But also, yeah. it, was a, it was a moment that uh, <laughs> he deserved, and I think the fans got a lot out of it. And, the, and his former teammates seemed to as well. There was a lot of palling around at, uh, behind the cage and all that sort of stuff. And he just... Uh, He's a, he was a, he was the franchise for a, a better part of a decade or almost a decade, and uh, now he's he was back and it was terrific, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you would have hated to see him go out like a guy who is just so you know players who are just so below him. You know, he's somebody who deserves to retire on his own terms, and and it looked like he wasn't going to be able to do that, and now it looks like you know I mean somebody might sign him for next year at this point, which maybe means that we have to go through this. You know, is he going to retire? You know, he's going to be so bad that he has to hang it up again. But that's fucking awesome. Or maybe he, at the end of the year, he he hangs it up and decides that you know, I ended on a high note. I mean, it would have been it would have been shitty to see him end uh, his career after the year that he had in Toronto last year. Even though you know the reception at the end of the year was was amazing and it was really an emotional game and and uh, and and all that was was great and. It, didn't have to happen this week where he came back and got the, you know, was feted as a king, as you say, uh, in the same way. Uh, you know, it would have been fine to have, for me at least, it would have been fine to to have let that, you know, had that been the final chapter of the Bautista Toronto thing last September, even though, you know, uh, it would have been a little disappointing to, you know, have his career flame out with the Braves. Uh, I would have been okay with that, uh, but but no, this is this is great, and he's a guy who obviously really wants to do it, wants to be there, has all the things that we've known about him for so long. He's such a tireless worker and a guy who really wants to uh, to better himself and, and thinks about that sort of stuff, and 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 is just is just a positive influence on anybody who's around him, and everybody just uh, you know that's not that everybody loves him necessarily. I mean, I mean that's obviously. You know, he can be. He has a, he has a public persona. I think that's maybe a little, little bit different than uh, what people think in private. You know, you saw great comments from Marcus Stroman and and former teammates being you know uh, just so positive about uh, the kind of guy he is. And it, it's it, I, I think Alex Anthopoulos ultimately was right in being like, let's build a team around this guy. And even if he even if he's de- too demonstrative with umpires or whatever it was that fans or media didn't quite like about it. It's like, no, it's just he's super fucking competitive and wants to be as good as he could possibly be. And uh, there's just so much to admire about Jose Bautista. And it's, uh, it was great that the fans in Toronto got another chance to, to, uh, to tell them how much that they fucking love him. Absolutely. And ble- bless him, he gave Blue Jays fans the full Jose Bautista experience the other night when we didn't quite get the base running you know, that we, that we, that, that you pay to see. That's what you, you, you when you're going to go see Jose Bautista, you pay for the base running, but he did it all in the field. He did his whole thing out there. He made a couple of nice sprawling catches, but the best of all <laughs> was I, the uh, line drive off the bat of Randall Gritchick to right field. I think it was hit at 106 miles an hour and in comes Jose Bautista Ready to throw him out at first base. With <laughs> it was uh, the only thing that would have been 
Throwing him out at first base would have been amazing. I think what happened was almost a little bit better. <laughs> Didn't end up mattering to the Mets. But we all know that's what he was after. He was out there. I, I think it was Wilner on the radio was calling him, uh, or, or even Arden actually, noting that he was um, a little bit unconventional, perhaps, in his approach in the outfield. <laughs> but uh, it was awesome. It was. It was. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I, I mean, uh, the one thing, so there was some, I, I was listening to the, to the game on the radio. I was driving uh, in to play basketball. So it was cool to hear Arden in the booth for one thing, or as the third man in the booth. Um, with Wilner and uh, Ben Wagner, and they were talking about, and I, I've made this kind of joke a little bit, was, which is uh, uh, Bautista's played himself into a position where a contender could trade for him, and then that could stand in the way of uh, the Blue Jays maybe making some of the trades with similar styled players. Now, obviously, he's right-handed, and a player like Curtis Granderson is left-handed, so you're not looking from a platoon perspective, same thing. But I also think... That so much of Jose Bautista's value right now is 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 drawn or is caught in his ability to draw a walk. Which, if you are a contender and you're looking about maybe this is guy that's going to take a spot on my playoff roster, uh, you add the kind of what we can assume to be the kind of souped up bullpens of contenders. I think I might be a little wary, to be honest. If I'm a, if I'm a great team. If I'm a good team, if I'm the Astros or the Red Sox or somebody like that, I'm going to scout him really carefully and see how he is able to handle big-time velocity because that's what he's going to see, especially if he's a pinch hitter, part-time role player on a good team. Am I am I out of line in saying that about Jose Bautista? Yeah. Uh, no, you're not out of line. I mean, I think it's just absurd to even sort of talk about the best of the best teams thinking too hard about him. Right? I mean, like, I mean, if mm-hmm. you're a really good team, how... How close to actual playing time is he going to get? No offense. I mean, I think just being a bit of a downer about this whole situation by bringing up the idea of him uh, actually getting into a playoff race. I mean, I I would love to see it. But, uh, yeah, I don't think anybody's going to really consider him as a guy who's going to be... Oh, th- this is- a really good team just traded... Like a 100-win team traded for Steve Pierce. All bets are off. <laughs> they did it in June. As well, they didn't do it on August thirty first. They did it in well, June. Well, they couldn't hit for shit against fucking lefties. So, and Steve Pierce is still pretty good. Let's be honest. Does he have one hundred and forty seven <laughs> weighted runs created plus this year as a Met? No, he does not. He has no, he, he does like not. Thirty six plate appearances this year. Yeah, no, I, <laughs> I don't know, but everybody knows who Steve. He is. has thirty six plate appearances. Yeah, that's true. Everybody knows, especially Dave Dombrowski, who knows the guys that he knows. <laughs> Bless his heart. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. The, the Jose Bautista thing was great. Uh, it's always fun. It's kind of cool, though. I can see a little mini rivalry with the Mets. I don't know. John Gibbons used to play for the Mets. They brought the those goons, the seven the seventh line army. K were out I in force. Them, idiots, yeah. uh, I saw them everywhere. So I, I actually happened to be or in the vicinity. With uh, with my kids yesterday afternoon Wednesday when when they uh, were playing the Mets and that group turned up on uh, mass for the Fourth of July and uh, yeah they were everywhere in those goofy shirts uh, just running around I mean I guess it's fun I can't really I, I want to make fun of it and most of the things I would want to say about it in a in a mocking way I'm not going to say them here but uh, but at, at the other at the other side of it is like. It's almost like a traveling. If there's an element of, if they're able to do that, kind of bring that traveling fan kind of band mentality, 
uh, soccer, almost like a soccer fan-ish thing, you know, away days, that's awesome. I, I'm not in a position to do that for the Blue Jays, but I'm, I'm glad somebody is or would do that. Yes. Right? I, mean, I thought, they would, I thought they would wear some, like, watermelons on their heads or something. I thought that's... Like, where, where do the Mets fit in the, uh, the New York City sports pyramid? It's not, it's not real high. No, that's true. <laughs> but no, it's... They're definitely like they're definitely like the Fulham of of, uh, <laughs> of New York sports. So they have a Michael Jackson. I only said statue, Fulham because I only said Fulham because I know that they're really West Ham, but I cannot allow that to like be voiced out loud. I in my mind can't happen. Can't make that connection. So Fulham it is uh, Fulham. entirely fair. Um, entirely fair. Uh, but yeah, I don't know what else. What anything else came from the series with the Mets? Oh, all the pitchers are hurt. Marco Estrada got hurt, had to leave with a strained glute. Uh, Ryan Tapera, I think, I guess he got hurt over the weekend. It was Canada Day over the weekend, so the fuck I was watching baseball. Yeah, I, um, definitely, watch, I definitely watched baseball and not hours and hours of soccer this weekend for sure, one hundred percent. I did not. I did neither. Frankly, I I was at a at a cottage that for the bulk of one of this of Saturday, I had no power. And then the other time, I was, uh, I don't know, on the beach. Or starting fires in the woods. Or, I don't know. I do like starting fires. Um, but yeah, uh, right to Para went on the DL. I had no idea. I came back to the civilization. That guy was really out in the woods in Perry Sound. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> with, with satellite can't TV. Believe, and uh believe went that far yeah. off the grid, yeah. Oh, yeah, way out there. Um, but yeah, Tapera's on the DL, which is a... Which is a blow again. That's a player who I know that you are just itching to trade. Just get him out of town. Get him out of your sight as soon as possible. That's your vibe, right? With him? No, not so much. I mean, I, don't I know. know. <laughs> trade, trade every reliever. Like I don't, I don't, you know, I don't think Brian Tapera is is somebody the Jays are going to rue, and I think it's somebody that another team could really, you know, enjoy and, and have a good time with, and. Uh, you know, buy him dinner and stuff, but like, no, I don't, I, was gonna... I don't know. Like, <laughs> like, I think that, I think, you know, he's got the, the term is the thing, right? That's what pays at this time of year. He, like, uh, we get hung up on the trade deadline and we look at these rental players, and, but if you go over the last couple of years, like rental players, except for the, the you know, exceptional Chapman, Glaber Torres thing, like, I don't know, it's, it's really, you know, what pays is having guys with term that's that's who you want to get that's who that's who everybody wants right a rental you don't want to give up a ton for it unless you're in that sort of special circumstance like that uh and maybe a team will think like that about j-hap i would hope that they will because uh j-hap's really fucking good uh Mm -hmm. but but yeah you know tim hara you could trade him you could not trade him he will still be an asset for the blue jays next year but uh perhaps you know or maybe it'll be a moot point. I don't know how long he's going to be on the shelf, but uh, but you know I'm not running him out of town. I just think it would be smart business to uh, be opportunistic, as Rada Sackins might say, uh, about uh, about what's out there for a guy like Ryan Tapera because he's a guy who, as nice as his season has been and as good as he's been for the Jays, and he you know did the whole up and down thing for a bit and established himself and has had a, had a great little run here. I don't know if somebody's going to give you something good for it because for him because they think that he's going to help them you know not just make the playoffs but like win in the playoffs. Get the, f- get mm-hmm. the fuck out of town, Ryan Tapera. You know, good for you. Go enjoy that. <laughs> Go enjoy the shit out of that. 
Meanwhile, I, I, so are are you in a place now? Okay, well, let's. This is almost like a two part question. So, are you sure I can handle that at this point? <laughs> <laughs> no. Okay, good. I mean, what we're talking about also is the is essentially what netted the Blue Jays Randall Gritchick. The Blue Jays traded a, a nice reliever with some with some years of control uh, remaining, and they got uh, a a very a nice piece uh, in Randall Gritchick, right? So that maybe that's the sort of that's the kind of return you're looking for. Maybe yes, if if you could get it, if it's out there, absolutely you take it, right? I, mean, I think they're doing okay for outfielders, but yeah, in terms of like the quality of the player and the the amount of term mm-hmm. left, then yeah, I think that's like that would be totally a fair guy to get, yeah. But then I guess the follow-up then is, so with between like a Tapera and Tasker Hernandez, whoever else, uh, are the Blue Jays always going to be the team that's looking for these sort of distressed assets, quote-unquote? Um, guys who may have fallen out of favor with, the, with their existing club? or I mean, I don't think that's unique. I, as I ask it, or as I say it, that's not unique to the Blue Jays. There's always, everyone's always looking for a bargain if they can get it. They're always looking for someone who might, they could get, you know, fifty pay fifty cents for a dollar's worth of talent, even though the production may only be forty nine cents, whatever it might be. But I mean, or or is it, is it, are those key building blocks, or are those nice to haves? I guess is maybe more of a philosophical question about the Blue Jays. Yeah, I think they're probably more like nice to haves, right? Like, wouldn't would you not mm-hmm. would you not agree? Well, I mean, I think I think about it in two different ways. So, I, you, you, it's unlikely that you're going to get a top you know especially if we're talking about a Tapera or yeah. or I mean yeah. even if we're talking about Jay Hap the chances are of getting or maybe Jay Hap is, is the example that you're going to get maybe something that's a bit more bona fide something that doesn't have as many as much uh, hasn't lost its luster or hasn't doesn't have sort of um, uh, you know some red flags around it so Gritchick obviously a really talented player who had put up some big numbers but also there were some some red flags for the you know, especially for, with within the Cardinals organization, a uh, guy who didn't didn't walk and struck out a, a ton, and same thing with with Teoscar Hernandez, bit of a you know, bit absent minded in the in the field and some holes in his swing, whatever it might be. Um, I mean, I, I just don't know that you can necessarily build a team. So you're either going to get those guys, sorry, you're either going to get those guys, or you're going to get more like ref- talent that's 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 doesn't have the red flags, but it's it's less refined, a little bit further from the big leagues. But I feel like at some point you can only you can only take in so many broken toys and try to make them right again. I don't know that that's necessarily the formula for building a winning team. Well, um, those are nice to have. If you, if you could do that, if you feel like you have the magical touch to turn those, you know, polish those turds up into something tremendous, then that's that's good that you have that belief. But I would still like to maybe start with a higher baseline for. What's going to make for the next great Blue Jays team? Well, I think the the higher baseline is in New Hampshire, right? And I mean, and I think that the, that you know, for every Brett Laurie and Colby Rasmus or whoever you're talking about, you know, these distressed assets, there's also uh, maybe not for maybe it's not a one to one ratio, but there's you know, there's a Jose Bautista or an Edwin Encarnacion or or a Marco Estrada mm-hmm. or guy, you know, it's it's not. Uh, but I understand what you're saying about being concerned about looking at those distressed assets and seeing that it's you know can become a dead end because I think a lot of Jays fans will understand that, like Rasmus, mm. who again has walked away from a team this year, which you know uh, 
it's, for a lot, it's you know, it, it for a long time it's been it's it's funny to laugh at Colby Rasmus, but also you know you want you know you want that guy to get his his head straight and shit. Uh, and he was a guy. Or if anything, came, maybe sorry. No, no. I'm just. He was a guy who came with with baggage and 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 all that. And and we gave him, you know, we the Blue Jays gave him a, a big opportunity, and it's and you know it didn't work out the way it could. But uh, but people were extremely excited about that trade, and I think rightfully mm-hmm. so because that's you know that that you know that's how else do you get assets except for them being distressed? I mean, how did how did the fucking stupid ass shitty fucking New York Yankees get? Clayber Torres is they got a distress asset because they were fucking sociopath scumbags and got fucking Harold's Chapman <laughs> and then flipped him to the other sociopath scumbag team, the Cubs, and uh, and got a really good prospect for him. Uh, it, it's you know, I, I don't know. I, I I don't think I don't think that I would write off the whole concept of let's get a distressed asset because sometimes it does actually work out really well for you and then you just have to play it by ear whether it's it's going well or not, or whether it's, you know, being detrimental to the rest of your team or not. No, no, you're right. You're, you're absolutely right. And I, I will say uh, two things. Um, maybe Coley Rasmus is the only sane one in the bunch. Could be. Who's able to be like, you know what? <laughs> Fuck this. I don't need this shit in my life. And he just walks away. And, you know, you, it's not a, in an industry that prizes kind of, um, conformity and the, uh, you know, yeah. Not willing to be the tallest blade of grass because that's the first one to get cut, however you want to think about it. But uh, he, if he's not, if his head's not in it and he doesn't want to be there, God bless him. Let him go. And he's made probably, how much do you think he's made? Like maybe $40 million in his career? Um, $50 million? That's a lot of money. Enough that he doesn't, uh, he doesn't, he doesn't able... have to do this shit anymore if he doesn't want to. Yeah. Essentially, yeah. Essentially, that's exactly it. So, so bless him. The other thing, I think they're all sociopath uh, organizations. <laughs> if, if anything, the Cubs... You know, trading for all the Chapman notwithstanding, they have a pretty good track record of being like good to people. Um, uh, uh, so maybe yeah. I will, yeah. I will personally bristle at the suggestion that they are sociopaths. Um, <laughs> although they did trade for all the Chapman, like there's no getting around that. Yeah. And the other, the other thing is that the uh, the Cardinals, who the Blue Jays have traded with a few times, also clearly sociopaths. The whole thing with Dexter Fowler oh that's going God. on right now, yeah. insane, uh, unbelievable, insane, unbelievable. But. But I guess my, my, my bigger point is um, the, 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 the saying that has come to my mind in, when you were speaking and now that, and now that it's my turn um, was warts and all. So sometimes you want something that is, doesn't have any warts on it, but that usually means it's more of a project. That means it's a, you know, the famous, no, I'm not trading for some, I'm not trading uh, Jose Cruz for some guy in the Sally League, you know, that kind of infamous uh, J.P. Ricciardi quote about, of course, Jose Cruz Jr. and David Wright. Um, whether or not it's true, we don't know. But that's just sort of, no, sort that, of something that was said. So no, that's hmm? true. No, that's that's true. It, you think it really happened? Oh yeah. I don't doubt it either. Oh, uh, no, but no, but oh, that's no, oh no, it, no, it happened. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to say who told me, but it definitely happened. Oh well, good. That makes me feel terrific. Uh, but. So maybe that maybe maybe I'm more in the prospect porn view it through the prospect porn lens versus the kind of post hype sleeper lens, which seems to be kind of there are two sides of the same coin. Well, I know, know for I, all I intents and purposes, but I, I know your personal philosophy is that uh, is just straight on prospect porn. You're you're very you know uh, just hoard all those prospects. They're all going to work out. 
that's me. That's me. But <laughs> but I guess, I'm guessing what I'm thinking is you know I, when I'm bringing people in, I want I want them before the warts, lest the warts take over and become all I can see. Which is uh, I that's my own baggage. That's my own the own my own thing I'm bringing to the table. Um, because then once they get warts, then they stop being attack attractive and they start being kind of like Aaron Sanchez, who, uh, <laughs> hasn't done anything since last we spoke to, to draw my ire. But for whatever reason, I find myself really frustrated that he is a blue jay. And I just, ah, I just, there's a guy, a guy I've interacted with on Twitter for years and years and years. And he made some joke about Mike Pelfrey being like a, like that was what Strowman, Strowman's like a rich, a poor man's Mike Pelfrey. And I was like, no, 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 it's actually Sanchez. And it is actually Sanchez who is who is the rich man's or the poor man's Mike Pelfrey. I just maybe he you know, obviously you need to have somebody some people some pieces here when that when the, the cohort, however many that it, it embodies by the time it gets here from New Hampshire, if it's two or three or four, um, you need people here. In, at, at, in Toronto, but maybe I'm like maybe I'm just like yeah, trade them all. Like what what you know if they wanted somebody wants to trade you Javi Baez for uh, Marcus Stroman, which was one of the rumors in the off season. Uh, maybe you just take it. Yeah, fuck it. And then if someone wants to trade you any warm bag of balls for Aaron Sanchez, take that shit too. I just I don't know. I'm just they they've just not pitched very well, and they're or they're always hurt or both. So maybe blow it all the fuck up is kind of what I'm thinking right now. I don't agree. I mean, nah, that's probably not very smart. Is, is, but. Mark, is Marcus Stroman always hurt? I mean, he was hurt at the start of this year. He had that thing where he blew out his knee in 2015. But between then and now, like, has he really been all that hurt? I'm He's not, not the one who's always both. Sanchez is always oh, both. Yeah, no, Sanchez no. is bad and hurt all the time. Don't, don't slag my, my buddy Marcus. Obviously, I won't. And I've I've said many times before <laughs> that he's the one that I would keep. Yeah, uh, but also, why not keep Sanchez? He could also be very good. He, he, I don't know if you recall, there was this one year where he led the American League in, uh, in ERA, in the lowest ERA among any qualified starter in the American League. Yeah, that's great. That's fucking super. Well, the other- Does he look like that guy now? Has he at any point between his injuries and when he's not injured, he's pitching like piss so you he doesn't look like that guy you want to sell low so you want to sell low on him is what you're telling me maybe i do because there's somebody else out there who's seeing him seeing through him warts and all and they are ready to 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 part with their own distressed asset for two years of aaron sanchez dreaming that he's going to be the guy who throws 97 and doesn't mess around with it has a changeup that works sometimes or not all the time or i don't know i just i'm just I'm not feeling uh, the Aaron Sanchez experience. Is, is, is it? Do you think it's Jerry? It's not feeling like, like Jerry Depoto would do this, right? I mean, Depoto would be all over this. What do you think? What do you think we get for Sanchez from Seattle? They don't have anything to, to trade. I don't think all the all that uh, all those groceries are on the table. <laughs> yeah. they're, they're, uh, they're a nice team. They are. I, 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 the Mariners are doing what the Rangers did in 2016, winning every one run game. Uh, being but a, that line being is, a trash team that has success somehow. Yeah. Agreed. They're like that. They are like that. They do have some really nice pieces all the way through that lineup. Nelson Cruz is an animal. He's a stud. And and Mitch Haniger is super good. And even though Kyle Seeger kind of sucks, he's not, actually not that bad. Like, usually he's good. And right now he's not been great. But that's Kyle's the bad one, yeah. Um, I don't know. There's a, there's a lot to like in that Mariners team. They're better than the stupid garbage angels. So, 
whatever. That, that, that doesn't say much. No, it really doesn't. I, but also, you just praised Mitch Haniger, who is having... He's good. He's good. Mitch Haniger's good. But it makes no goddamn sense. But yes, Mitch Haniger is good. Guillermo Heredia, the guy they've got him playing center field, he's really nice. Yeah, he's a nice player. Oh, uh, D- D- Gordon's- Diaz closing out games, he's, he's a fucking stud. He's incredible. He is. And they added uh, some goofy Ray. They added those two goofy Rays. Oh, that's they right. Got, yeah. They got Denard Spann. They got, uh, what's that, uh, that Alex Colome. Uh, there's a lot to like. But they're, they're not within a, like a light year, century of the Astros and the Yankees and the Red Sox. Well, um, but, which, but with Aaron mm-hmm. Sanchez, maybe, maybe they will be. If that's one thing I know about Aaron Sanchez, if he's the guy to put you over the hump. Well, uh, okay, okay, here's here's a question for you, here's a question for you, if I may shout. Uh, would you trade, you trade Sanchez before Ryan Barucki? Uh, no. I mean... <laughs> okay, all right. I mean, what's, I what's Ryan Barucki? I'm trying to pin down where you are on this, that's all. The thing I'm going to say about Aaron Sanchez is something that I've said about him many, many, many times. Is that he's he's now he's 26. He turned 26 on Canada Day. He's not young anymore. He has a youthful visage, and he's you know, but he's been around for a long ass time. I mean, and yes, he had a great year. <laughs> he has like four more birthdays until he turns 30, though, right? Like he's not that old. It's a young man's game. <laughs> Is his velocity going to go up? Not unless he gets traded to the Astros. It's not. <laughs> like, is he going to just figure out how to throw strikes suddenly? I'm not I would be. Sanchez I would be delighted fan, if I, he but, did. But I, but I just feel that you know, we don't have to be complete fucking morons about this either. That's all. So, are you trying to say that I'm being a moron? Is that what I just heard? Maybe you that's know, what I just heard. I mean. That would go against the entire 173-episode history of this podcast. <laughs> that, I, that, that I would be right and you would be the moron, but I don't know. Maybe there's a first for everything. It's entirely possible that I'm being an irrational moron. But I'm going to – if we're, we got to d- dig into the hot takery. And my hot take is Sanchez out. <laughs> Wenger out, Sanchez grab, out. Grab Rangoon, things of that nature. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Aaron Sanchez is making the Mariners better to me. That's preposterous. Uh, you did mention Ryan Barucki, and Ryan Barucki had a great start. That was nice. The first start was a little dangerous. He was kind of flirting with death, uh, flirting with doom and disaster. But then he looked he looked pretty nice the other yeah. night against the. Was that against the Mets? Was that the Tuesday night game against the Mets? It doesn't really matter. God, the Mets are bad. <laughs> oh. Uh, no. Uh... The thing about Baraki is, and I, I, I'm, I'm writing a thing, I'm in the middle of it, so, well, actually, I was going to be like, oh, well, no one will hear, people will, people will not have read it by the time they've heard this, and I'm like, oh, wait, no, I'm going to edit this podcast, and so it's entirely possible that I write that and then edit it, which seems to be my thing, mm-hmm. uh, because I like to squeak a piece in at the end of the week on a Friday. Uh, but no, uh, there was a, an amazing piece by Josh Housem and Brendan Panikar of uh, BP Toronto of, after Baraki's first start. Uh, and Josh in particular has been really on top of like looking at how Blue Jays uh, pitchers have outlier fastballs or just fastballs that behave in different ways than, mm-hmm. uh, than the rest of the league. And if you look at arm side run and... 
and like filter it for enough pitches that Baraki gets on the list, he has the most horizontal movement in that direction on his fastball on his fastball uh, more than anybody in baseball right now. When when Josh and Bre- uh, Brennan wrote the piece, uh, there was one guy who was ahead of them. It was Chris Sale. Heard of him. Yeah, I'm familiar he, with his work. Okay, and I mean, obviously, you know, Chris Sale is not just skating by on fastball arm side run. He might have a couple other pitches that are really fucking disgusting as well. But, uh, but their general point, and I hope I don't mangle it too much, but their general idea was that uh, you know the Blue Jays have had this have had this thing where they have like you know they they've got this collection of pitchers who have fastballs that just behave differently. Than uh, you know, than almost anybody, and that seems to be a way that they're you know they've they've got success out of it, and they felt after the first start that Baraki was uh, was very clearly in that sort of camp, mm-hmm. uh, and that he's he's like cemented himself even more so since then because if you look at the if you go to uh, BP and look at the 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 horizontal movement of that fastball, it's uh, it's better than anybody's at this point. You know, obviously he's a working on a small sample size, but that and that doesn't mean anything in itself, but what it means is that he's throwing something that people don't, you know, batters don't see, don't, don't you know, it's, uh, I, I don't know. And also, I think, it, it, I don't want to, I don't want to do wrong by Josh and Brennan and their excellent piece, because I think everybody should read it. But they were also talking about how, you know, the guys who were ahead of him at the time after his first start were someone like Sale or somebody, people who, you know, throw at three quarters or throw at at different angles, whereas Baraki is sort of a more, I don't know if he's like, you know, right over the top, but mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. But, but that sort of separates him in a, in a different way too, right? And uh, I don't know, that... That's not necessarily enough to just be like uh, to make me excited about him as a prospect, but that added to the you know the results that he had in Buffalo, the results that he's had so far in the big leagues. Uh, I think that's re- I think that's really interesting, and I think that's actually really exciting. Uh, he could be he could be a guy who is just delivering something that is so different to hitters that they you know don't know what to do with it and maybe there's going to be a point where they adjust and figure it out but uh, but yeah I, I don't know I, I always kind of have thought about a lot of the Blue Jays prospects uh, in terms of the pitching side as not you know not just back end guys even though that's mostly mm-hmm. what they've been talking about but, but, but yeah maybe it's kind of back end guys or maybe it's guys who are just you know you it, it a traditional ace is so is as an overpowering guy, and mm-hmm. Blue Jays fans know that we've seen a guy like Marco Estrada or somebody who can who can change speeds on people or change angles or do something in a way that is super effective. That isn't you know doesn't fit the tra- traditional mold, but is extremely effective. And I don't know, it's way too soon to say Baraki's that guy, but I think the Blue Jays are maybe sharp in identifying that and uh, that there are some tendencies there with him that actually make him for me at least uh, way more exciting than I think I would be uh, more excited about him than I would be if I just looked at you know ERA walks you know all the all the sort of traditional peripherals it, 
I'm absolutely willing to indulge in that this kind of fantasy, <laughs> well, what like one hundred percent. No, no, you're yeah, you're right. I mean, obviously, Chris Sale is an unfair com- comparison for anyone. Um, he's one of the two or three best pitchers in baseball and has been for since literally the day he was drafted. Um, Chris Sale touched ninety nine miles an hour at times in his last start. Um, you know, that's, this is the guy who everyone thought his arm was going to explode. He's throwing 99. He just goes and gets it when he needs it. Um, he's an ace, right? Like, that's true ace. Workhorse, unhittable, completely takeover game. But Please don't. Please, you don't have to ask me. It sounded like you were asking, but yeah. No. Yeah. Of course. But I am will agree with you, and I think this is that's great work by by uh, Josh and uh, and everyone at BP Toronto because to me that's something that absolutely raises the floor of a pitcher who has otherwise middling stuff, and you know the stuff is what's going is going to limit his ceiling and maybe um, you know the ability to take over a game and the ability to or the ability to locate and and induce that kind of weak contact. You, you're absolutely right that Marco Estrada is a guy that Blue Jays fans have seen make it work and he made it work in big games against good teams and in the playoffs um and and if that's what uh, a guy like baraki can offer if and if that's what the blue jays who know you're never going to turn your nose up at stuff stuff is what is always going to sell stuff is what gets you big bonuses stuff is what accelerates you through the big leagues or through the minor leagues but for baraki if he's able to stick at the big leagues and be an effective middle of the rotation starter. I mean, we saw the 2016 even. Um, you don't have to have an ace if you have three number or five number threes or right. guys yeah. five guys between two and four. Um, you know, you're not there's not the guy that you're dreading to come up and be like, well, maybe he'll sop up some innings or be in you know the kind of prototypical innings eater, just be trash, whatever I, it might I be. Mean, I mean, we dreaded R.A. Right, Dickey, but he was still you know he's still pretty good. Yeah, it was fine. Well, and even and even Burley was that right. That was a team that that got by. Or twenty fifteen was a team that got by with two of those guys because they scored more runs than God. But I I think that I I'm all for that, and I'm all for that being a differentiator. I'm all for uh, I, I'm I'm excited by that as well to to watch um, the way a guy like him, uh, you know, uh, uh, maybe I don't know, if cerebral is the word you want to use. I mean, you compare him to say like a. I don't know, who's Nathan Eovaldi, guy plays, plays for the Rays. Guy throws 100 miles an hour, but it's straight as a string. Most of the time has no idea where it's going. You don't have to respect the boss speed pitches as long as you can get your bat to the to the, to the the big fastball, which, you know, <laughs> right. obviously that, that makes it harder. But big league hitters have shown no problem in hitting a players like Eovaldi. And there are guys maybe who don't throw quite as hard, but there are just guys everywhere who who can throw hard, but... And and gets oh well, this guy throws ninety five and he's got a splitter and he's working on a change or he's got a slider he's working on a change those guys are a dime a dozen right if they have if they're everything about them is conventional everything about them is is the same there's nothing to differentiate them there's nothing to to allow them to even reach the floor to even reach the baseline for able to get out to the big leagues and I think it is only a few starts Ryan Brocky hasn't allowed a home run yet in twenty eighteen that's not nothing. Right, you, you maybe want to point to the Tigers lineup, which is shitty because the Tigers are bad, uh, like the Blue Jays. But uh, I, I'm I'm like I'm going to be on your side with this. And we'll, we'll we'll return to the brand here and just agree. <laughs> and just okay. two guys nodding at each other all across a, an internet connection for uh, for 45 minutes a night. But uh, yeah, no, it, it is exciting. 
and uh, nobody knows the the divine pleasures of a, of, a, of Marco Estrada start. You know, nobody appreciates that more than I do. Watching him throw 80, 88 miles an hour right down the middle of the plate and have people just stare at it because they don't know what what it is. And if Baraki's got that kind of invisible thing or whatever else, awesome. I'm excited to see how. Uh, I, I there's no reason to believe that he's gonna that there's that they won't give him an extended look here in the last half of the season, right? That'd no, be crazy. I, 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 no, I think absolutely. I think they will. It always. I mean, you know, you, you, there's no like perfect parallel in terms of comps with some of these guys, but like, mm-hmm. uh, like looking back to. Uh, Cleveland and Atkins and Shapiro and it's just like all right. There's like fucking Clevenger. There's like Jake Westbrook. There's like guy. I like that's all. That's and maybe this is just this is like this is like a a, a, a dumb thing to say. <laughs> like not like not particularly uh, you know nuanced or thinking about it too much. But like I don't know. Those teams. Those guys seem to find pitchers who, as an outsider, I would look and be like. Oh, that guy's shit. There's no way that that's he's he's you know the Jays are gonna fucking tee off on this piece of shit, and then would have uh, not just good games but like good seasons and stuff. And you know, I I don't want to give too much. No, I know exactly what you mean to the stupid Blue Jays front office because apparently everybody thinks the same now. Anyway, but but. Uh, but yeah, I mean, there's sometimes there are guys like there are guys like that who emerge, and I think that they are not super obsessed about like, oh, we have to we have to find uh, we have to find overpowering pitchers, we have to find guys who are going to throw 98 and strike everybody out, and it's like I think that there, uh, and again, I just, like I'm not saying this just to just for the sake of defending the front office because they've, they've done mm-hmm. shitty things and other, you know, whatever. But, but no, I think that, I think it is a smart thing because they're, they're like the way that pitchers come about is discreetly different than the way that hitters come about or the way that, well, you know, I think that, yeah, I, I think that. No, you're right. Please tell me, tell me how I'm right. Please pull me out of the fire on this one. <laughs> You don't have to look any further than the draft. I guess it was tw- the 2017 draft when they or is it 2017? It was Nate Pearson, right? Right. If you have a big-armed, big-bodied goon who falls in your lap, you fucking draft him. Like yeah. you don't you don't need to get cute. But when it comes down to the okay, well we've got this assembly line of 15 guys who are basically the same. They have the same. They've learned the same mechanics from the same, you know, five hundred dollar an hour pitching coaches. They've been on the same AAU <laughs> circuits. They're all. They're all like just robots. I mean, from, if I, if this guy's from Texas. Five hundred an hour seems hmm? a little bit too much for the minor leagues. I mean, I mean no, that's what they're paying. The, they're, that's what they're paying the private instructors when they're in high school. Oh, good. Oh, good. Yeah, because in the minor leagues, we have to pay them less. I mean, yeah, oh, yeah. No, they, they they don't get paid that. That's what the guys who no, built well, them. They're contractors. Oh, they're contractors. And yeah. We don't. We don't need to pay them uh, as though they're actual human beings. Right? You're, the, you're, getting, you're skipping ahead. You're skipping ahead to the next segment. Um, <laughs> but yeah. So if 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 faced with an with an obvious hard throwing, you know, big swinging dick, you know, guy, you, you pick that right when when the, when it's abundantly clear. Oh, you know, what have they? All the stuff they've said about Pearson over the last however year about if if people saw what we saw, that he would have gone one one or whatever. Like just the way that 
he developed and the way that his velocity came late, that's a no-brainer. But when, it, when you do have to start to think and you start to think, well, what, what are we going to do? What do we got here? We have all these guys who are the same. They have conventional fastballs. They throw a two-seamer. Whatever the pitch du jour is that, that they're teaching these kids at the, when they're 14, 15, 16, they all throw that. Or you've got someone who's like, well, this, this, this guy maybe doesn't, doesn't light at the radar gun. This guy doesn't fit, look the part quite the same. But, man, he gets people out. Man, his, his, he makes for uncomfortable at-bats. Man, there's a lot of guys come back shaking their hands because they've hit it off the end of the bat or off the, off the label, whatever it might be. Yeah. Find the gold in those guys. Find the projection in those guys. So not just the guy who's maxed out and he had a great summer in Cape Cod and that's all it's ever he's ever going to be. But find me those guys that you can then convert and build those guys into big leaguers. For me, that's that's smart. And and if you are if you based on what you've read and seen are willing to extend them that credit, okay, then maybe I will too. I you have my you have my sword in this is what I'm I guess what I'm trying to say. But uh, but yeah, uh, I just think that's that's a. A decent way of of not necessarily being like, well, we can we got this or this guy that throws ninety eight and has no idea where it's going. We can teach him to pitch, as opposed to being like, we can teach this guy to be stronger. We can teach this guy to to do the sort of things he's going to need. This guy who can pitch, we can teach him how to survive at the big league level. Yeah, we can teach Aaron, we can teach Aaron Sanchez to come in and fucking have a huge ass, as opposed to you know. <laughs> That's the, uh, that's the difference. That's the difference. You pe- people will tell you that it's oh his finger got fu- fucked up because of the uh, the blister. No, no, no. His ass got less thick. He had that fucking thick ass that one fucking <laughs> spring, and then he was great. And then I don't know. He didn't work out with Strowman anymore. And then he came to his training camp, and it's just like I don't know. Is your really is your ass that thick, Aaron? I don't know. <laughs> Speaking of thick asses. Uh, <laughs> Canada Day passed, and then the day after Canada Day is July 2nd, the International Signing Day. J2, as it's known by the absolute thirsty randos who read about teenage baseball players in their free time. And pretend uh, the, they know anything about them, yeah. Speaking of, so, it, with that uh, spirit in mind, tell, why don't you tell us about July 2nd, Stosen? Uh, well, the Blue Jays signed uh, a youngster. Mm-hmm. Uh, as I like to call them. No, they signed a 16-year-old from the Dominican named Aurelvis Martinez. Uh, not the highest rated prospect in his class, but very high up, uh, which is, uh, has continued a pattern, which is actually, I think, if you're a Blue Jays fan, is a, is a good thing, right? Like they said, they signed Partinho last year and uh, uh, Miguel Geraldo, who's actually having a really good year, except it's in the Dominican Summer League. So, like, who gives a fuck? Like he's mm-hmm. like he's like seven levels below the Appalachian League. Like, but I don't know. You you want you want your prospects to be uh, better than their peers, right? Like that's all really you can ask. Uh, so the the Jays uh, paid for our Elvis Martinez, I think three point five million dollars, which is uh, supposedly the biggest bonus that anybody is going to get out of his class. Which doesn't necessarily mean that he's the best player out of there, but uh, I don't know. If the differences between you know the Blue Jays doing that and the Baltimore Orioles being like, well, please take take all our bonus pool money for this uh, international market and we'll trade it away. Uh, you know, I I I think the Jays have uh, have done a wonderful thing here, and it may not pay off, but the idea of 
continuing to spend on that market will eventually pay off. It just is going to be, you know, so far down the line. We'll probably all be dead before you know, <laughs> Miguel Arellano fucking has it at bat in the in the big leagues. You know, I think the 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 Trump war is going to fucking wipe all of us out. Have you have you ever seen uh, Terminator Two? I have many, 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 <laughs> many, many, many times. Uh, nonetheless, I think, nonetheless, I think the you're right. Luchas are, are 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 functioning as though Terminator Two never happened. <laughs> and they are, and they are signing Dominican teenagers who are really good. Like I don't know, like this, this was a thing that uh, you could have just stopped. You could stop right there. I would. You, you, you know, don't need to say anything else, frankly, about this. Is, it, is, uh, are you, is this because I keep slurring the words? Or just a little bit, <laughs> but also nobody knows anything about no. this world, which is terrible. Uh, so someone equated it, it said it, kind of tongue in cheek that happy baseball's legalized human trafficking day, which is kind of what it is. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all if you're a fan, and I like I am a fan, and you are less of a fan, you are a professional journalist working for uh, yeah, a I'm respected a, outlet. I'm an objecting journalist, obviously. But the fact of the matter is, there, never is there a more trust the process moment than this. Have the Blue Jays demonstrated an ability to develop players from this meat market system? Yes or no? Do you believe they can continue to do so? Do you believe that they can, A, identify the talent, B, nurture the talent, and then C, develop the talent? If, you, if so, great. Then you want to see them out there splashing that cash around. Uh, it's a di- very different situation, but this is how the Blue Jays acquired Vladimir Guerrero. He was not in the draft. He was not in a trade. They got a deal done with him and his people. Um, you know, all well in advance of July second. It's a it's a miracle that all these deals get signed the moment you know. The, Isn't that weird? The, the calendar weird? turns over. But uh, so if you are a believer, you, if, you don't have to agree with the system, and you can hope for something that's more equitable and uh, treats the players more fairly and is not a human trafficking nightmare that it presumably is in this country and, and in the Dominican and many others uh, across uh, across the, that area of the world. All you can do is say, well, they've shown an ability to help the big league team through that. Because if you spend too much time thinking about it, it'll make you not want to close the computer and not watch baseball ever again. Uh, we don't want that. We are going to plug our ears and la 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 Black Bear Jr. la 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 and, and that's it so they spent some play, they spent some money that um, that the people who go down to the Dominican and see these players uh, like or don't like I don't know the whole system is uh, not really I don't know it's I have to I have, can only believe that I can only trust that they're making good decisions that's it and if these guys turn into you know Record setting July J2 signing turns into a great player. Uh, maybe doesn't. I mean, it's not unlike the draft, right? These guys that get big bonuses, they get all, the, they, not only do they get opportunities, but they are inevitably very talented, right? Nomar Mazar, I think, was the the highest July 2nd bonus of all time. He's obviously a very good player, was at a very young age, even though he plays for the Rangers. Whatever. So, yeah, there's not, I, I just, yeah, you were right in saying that nobody can pretend to have any idea what any, about any of this stuff. You could talk to a quote. You could talk to a scout. You can get a, uh, a quote from a scout, whatever. 
but just uh, take it. I'll take it all with a grain of salt. They're a long way from the big leagues. There are innumerable and immeasurable barriers between these teenagers and success at the big league level. Each and every one of them are nothing short of a miracle, and they should be celebrated as such. <laughs> Maybe miracles is a bit of a strong word, but uh, I think that's it. <laughs> well, we've been going on long enough here, and uh, you know we've, we'll end it on a strong note, which is who fucking knows about the international free agent market. Uh, we're going to do a super bad today. We're going to talk about two things. The one thing I told you about earlier, Stoughton, yeah, before we I, recorded, oh, which is... I know what that is. I know what that is. So we're looking we're, forward to it like you couldn't believe. Uh, the other thing we're going to talk a little bit about is the trade market. And how the the trade deadline can affect the Jays' rivals and what that might mean moving forward. So looking at Baltimore, Boston, New York, and even Tampa Bay, what are, what are some things that they might do that could um, that could and how that might affect the Jays moving forward beyond 2018? So we're going to talk about that. We'll talk about the other thing that we're dying to talk about, <laughs> but I can't in good conscience be like this is Patreon exclusive. Two idiots talking about something that's not baseball related. So we're going to do that. Uh, so for everybody else, um, thank you so much. If, again, as I mentioned, Super Bad is, of course, the Patreon exclusive uh, segment that, 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 we, that we do, do uh, bi-weekly. So if you hear that, if you want to get on board, if you want to support the podcast, as we have been going for 173 episodes here, uh, you can head over to patreon.com slash birds all day. Kick us a couple bucks a month. And keep us living in the style to which we have grown accustomed. And uh, we would be forever in your debt and forever appreciative. Uh, you can also get the show at soundcloud.com slash birds all day is where we host it. If you want to go there, grab an RSS reader, which I was reading about some co- conspiracy theories about one of the reasons that Google killed Google Reader is because RSS makes it very difficult for the any of the advertisers to track where you came from. So they killed it because they can't sell it, basically, which is uh, not surprising. Believe- but SoundCloud... Entirely believable. SoundCloud going strong with the RSS, so uh, soundcloud.com slash birds all day. The episodes will be posted there. And then, of course, we'll share it on our Facebook page as well as through our own personal Twitter page. So face, uh, bird, search birds all day on Facebook. You'll find us, like us, and uh, engage with the content because that's what they want you to do over there so that they know more about you. They know more about you than, they, than your wife does. They know more about you than your spouse does. They know more about you than your mom does, as it is. They being, of course, the algorithm that judges you by the things that you do and the things that you consume. Um, so if you don't want to be, be a part of that, don't. But uh, you're fucked anyway, right? Like this, this, that battle is over. Um, so yeah. So for Andrew Stoughton, my name is Drew Fair Service, and uh, look out for the Super Bad this week. And uh, we'll be back next week on Birds All Day. <laughs>